it's been a while since we've been to a zoo as a family. What, when we did go, what was your favorite attraction? The reptile house. Why? I always loved snakes and like you could sometimes see like a crocodile or something really cool. Well, in Arc Nova, you get to build your own zoo. And so in today's review, we're going to look at Arc Nova by Capstone Games. Family Games. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. And every month we come to you to bring a board game that we love to play as a family so that you can play it with your friends and family. For more information on the game we're going to talk about today and all the previous games we reviewed, visit our website, boardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. You can also find out more on our Facebook page or Instagram account, so you can follow us there. Please check us out. So, Oscar, tell us a little bit about what Arc Nova is. Well, you're trying to build a zoo and conserve different animals and just get the most popular zoo ever. Okay, so this is a modern zoo. So we're talking about, you know, modern zoos with modern day goals of not just showing off fancy animals, but also helping or helping preserve them, helping them um be or conserve them in the wild, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the goal of this game is it's about the zoo, but it's also about conservation. So um, please take a moment to listen to a word from our sponsors, and we will be back with our review of Arc Nova by Capstone Games. We would love for you to sponsor us. So if you're interested in board games, please sponsor us, and we'll be trying to probably sell some board games for anyone who's interested in them and just contact us at our website board with family games that's b-o-a-r-d with familygames.com and just contact us and sponsorships would include an ad spot right here on our pod- podcast every week we'd love to have you join us All right, Oscar, so you told us a little bit about what you're doing in Arc Nova, but can you dig a little bit deeper into the purpose and goal of the game? Well, you've just started your zoo, and you have some starting money, but you don't really have anything in your zoo. And what you're trying to do is build up your zoo, conserve any animals you can, and become the most popular, but also the most conservational zoo out there. Okay, so you are going to need to build attractions. You're going to need to um, get animals, all these things to help you have this great zoo. And of course, you're competing against other players who are trying to create their own zoo as well, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's making their own zoo. So if you have three players, you're making three zoos. Um, What about, or, or so you're going to draft and pay for cards. So there's a lot of cards in this game, right? Yeah. And then um, how do you actually build the zoo? What does that look like? Well, you have an action that's called build. And what you do with it is you can build buildings, which then allow you to play your animal cards in your hand into those buildings. Okay, so you have, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but you actually have your little zoo laid out straight in front of you. And so you're building directly into that zoo as you're going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, you're going to try to fund 
different special projects, right? Mm-hmm. To help raise conservation. So talk through the look and feel of Arc Nova. Well, in Arc Nova, all the pictures are actual like photographs, but they've all been kind of altered to look more painted. Yeah, or, not, it's not real dramatic. Yeah, but it's, it's not super. Yeah. So like, I mean, there are a few cards that you're like, oh my gosh, that looks strange. <laughs> but it, 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 it adds it to the style of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, we've spent some time staring at the cards and being like, they're altered, right? And some of them are and some of them clearly are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got pictures of all kinds of animals. Like, I've got a cute little monkey. <laughs> and then, like, there's places, there's people. All right, so you have all these different cards to um, kind of help get you into the feel and get you the idea of this worldwide enterprise, right? Because... Mm-hmm. For a zoo, you need to be looking at the entire world, not just one area. So, um, you know, you have all continents except Antarctica um, represented. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is in the game? What, what other sorts of things do you have that are floating around? Well, you've got a board that goes in the mail and that allows you to do actions with like big things like you can build universities, you can partner with continents. Okay. So you'll have um, a a couple of shared boards, uh, a big one that has a victory point track that we'll talk about in a little while and also houses cards for drafting. And then um, we all, then you have your, uh, another board that has all these little tokens on them that are the shared pieces that you're competing for. Um, And then why don't you talk through, a card. Um, explain to us what is actually on a card so you can kind of get, get a sense of what that's going to entail. Well, on a card, you see the picture that has whatever the card's about. Then you have a little symbol, like the, the cost to the top left. So, like, if I were going to play the con top tamarin, I would need a, an enclosure that's at least one hex. 15 money and two research tokens floating out and about on my board. Okay, so you need to have all those things to do it. Then what's in the upper right-hand corner? Then you get different tags that you would get. So for the Cotton Top Tamarin, I would get a monkey and a America. Well, U.S. Like, well. The Americas. The Americas, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. But that's also where you would find things like the science tags that you would need to play it. Okay, so these tags will help you play future cards, cards. or meet future requirements. Yeah. You've got a name kind of in the center across the card. You've got the normal name that everyone knows it by, the scientific name, and then what shape the species is in. So, like, critically endangered, endangered, threatened. Oh, cool. So you get to learn a little bit about what, you know, again, this is about conserving, so you get to learn about what the state of these animals are in the real world. Mm-hmm. Great. And then at the bottom, you get reward, another, some other rewards. So this one will give me popularity. It would give me a conservation, because it's critically endangered. And it would give me four popularity because it's a cute little monkey. Okay, so it, um, we had two different popularity tricks. So there's one that's um, a score-based one and then one that just gets you more things. So you, in this case, you're moving three tracks. There's a lot of tracks in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to move up on three tracks by playing this card. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Sometimes these cards will have special abilities as well. But basically, all the stuff is located on the card, tells you what to do, based or with lots of little icons to... Um, 
read and understand. The icons in the game, I'd say, are pretty good. They, they're pretty clear, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm... Um, uh, For a bird, it's a literal bird. For an herbivore, it's... I think it's a deer. Yeah. For Australia, it's a picture of the... As a, of Australia for America for the Americas it's a picture of the Americas yeah so for um you know I'm looking at Oscar's got spokesperson out in front of him which is a um one of the cards you can have and when you um play it for every research you have you'll get one influence which is I think a better term for that popularity track you mentioned before so you've got influence or um conservation and then the popularity of the zoo Mm -hmm. so um everything is kind of laid out. It gives you these icons, and then there's a great reference on in the book that tells you what all the icons mean in case you forget, <laughs> especially as yeah. you're learning. Yeah, and I mean, we'll still go back to it just because there's so many different icons. Yeah, but they generally are pretty clear. You start to figure out it, it's got a good system. It, it make it makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for diversity in the game, this is a global game, and it reflects that. Um, so it's not just that different races are um, represented, but different nationalities are represented. Good diversity of male, female. Um, you know, in the end, there's not a lot of people because this is about the animals and about conserving them. So you see a lot of animal pictures. But um, when there are people in the game, they've done a nice job of having that diversity. Mm-hmm. All right. So talk about the setup. How, how do you set this game up? Well, it's actually pretty long. You shuffle all, I think, 230-some cards. I think I read it was 255. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, all 255 cards together. Everyone gets a hand. You play them out on the drafting board. Um, you give everyone their action cards. You shuffle a different deck and play conservation project cards to everyone. You place tokens on the token board. You get your own player board. A lot happens. You get a bunch of tiny little tokens. Yeah. So when we want to play, we say, Oscar, go set it up. And then we wait an hour. No, not an hour. But it's a little while, especially when we make him do it himself. Yeah. You say, go set it up at right before lunch. And then we eat lunch while I'm in the middle of setting it up. And then 15 minutes after lunch, it's set up. <laughs> so... You know, it, it will. You, you can't just pop it, this game out. It's going to take you a little while, especially with all those cards. Um, why don't you talk through now? Let's let's really kind of dig into what you're doing on a turn. We've kind of given that broad layout of what sort of things you might be doing, but what exactly is happening on a turn? Well, what you do on a turn is you can move an action card to the lowest number on the on your card level. And you perform that action as if it was on the level it was on before you moved it. Okay, so let, let's um, clarify this a, a, a little bit more. So you have how many action cards? Five. Okay, so you have five action cards. They're laid out directly in front of you. They're your action cards. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a ranking, so one through five. Mm-hmm. And what ha- or, um, give it, or the higher the ranking the card is at, the more powerful the action you have. It, yeah, the more you can do with it. Okay, so every turn you're going to take one of those cards... And you move it down to the bottom. Move it down to the bottom. So if you've waited an, long enough, your um, action might be at the five spot. And then you can play that five action and get a really good effect. Okay, and then it goes down to a 
down to one and your card that was in the four spot is now up to five. And so you are in good shape. So just a quick talk through the cards. The first action cards allows you to move the brake track two spaces. Okay. So we haven't mentioned the brake track yet. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, brake is a little coffee mug and it actually means like literally a coffee break, taking a little break in the game, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll get, we'll get to that break for a moment, but it does move that track. Yeah. And you get to draw cards from the deck, depending on the level. So at one, you draw a card, you discard a card. At five, you draw three cards, and you discard a card. Or at five, you could snap, which means you take a card from the display from anywhere you want, even if your your influence doesn't reach that. So um, when we talk about drafting, this is what we mean um, by drafting is you're able to take it um you have a shared pool of cards and you're so able to take a card from that so everybody's kind of competing for those cards if it's a popular card that they want all right and so you mentioned that idea of a snap so you know we talked a little bit about influence your influence decides which of the cards you're able to get on that um board but snapping doesn't care about that snapping doesn't care you can take whatever you want um, and I, we should mention that the drawing the three cards that allows you to draw from the draft pool, but only up to the influence that you have. Well, no, that's level two cards. You're right. I forgot about that. So um, these cards can be upgraded. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Okay, keep going. What other actions are there? So there's build, which allows you to build a building with a number of spaces equal to the level of the card. And for each space, you pay two money. Okay. So... Easy enough. So if you want to build a five space enclosure, you spend 10 coins, spend 10 coins and you, but it has to be at the fifth spot. Yeah. So, um, some of the great, you know, Oscar's reptile house is a level five building. You need to have that or just to do a generic five space enclosure. You have to have, um, it at level five. So the higher it goes, the more you're able to do. Okay, great. Um, what else? Um, so there's the association action. And what it allows you to do is, you know, there's a, remember the little board from, with all the pieces on it? It allows you to place a person there and get a piece or sponsor a conservation project and at level two donate. Okay. So this is how you get those associations, as the card may say, with universities, with continents. This is how you get those um, tokens that help you. Um, meet your goals um, to play certain cards as you're going. So this is what you have to do. It's probably the most powerful action in the game in some ways. Yeah. But you're limited, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not, you can't just play with only association. Yeah. So you have, um, every player has on their, or with them uh, starting one little person token and it allows you to go to the association board one time. So that association move is very powerful, but you are limited. You can get more of those people tokens later in the game, but it's hard um, or it takes a while. So especially for the conservation track, this is an important, these association, the association card is incredibly important for moving yourself up the conservation track. Mm-hmm. Okay. What uh, the last two um, talk through those because those are a little bit similar but also obviously different. Yeah. 
So there's a sponsor card. And what that allows you to do is you play a sponsor, which is the blue card instead of the yellow or green, for that has a number in cost up to the level that it's at. And you play it from my, your hand, you get whatever effect it does. So spokesperson, each time I play a science to my zoo, I gain influence. Okay, so spokespeople are a little bit, or that's spokespeople, sorry. Um, in, or sponsor cards are a little bit different in that they have continuing effects, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do a, um, a sponsor card, it's going to be something that's going to keep going with you. Maybe it'll be a scoring piece later maybe, in the game. Maybe uh, you'll make some money. Maybe you'll make some money. All these different things that it can be. So it lives with you. Um, for the rest of the game and that action is clearly laid out but it also tends not to have in um, a lot of immediate scoring um, yeah. to it it's more of something you have to build towards or if there is scoring to it it's um, going to be based on what you have so for example maybe you, you get like a point for every one space enclosure there you go so something like that um Something, but it's going to be directly tied to your zoo, not just a here have five points. Okay, so you said those are the blue cards. Just to be clear, the animals are the yellow cards, and the conservation cards are the green cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that sponsors um, what, and then there, that has a second action, right? Yeah, the other one is you break up to the level you're at, and you gain that many coins. So you could move the break track four spots if you're at. The four space and get four coins. Mm-hmm. So it's just a way in case you're nearing the end of or a round before you break and you're you need some money. It's a way to get some. Yeah. Um, all right. What's the last card? Um, animals. And what it allows you to do is depending on what level is that you play an animal card from your hand into your zoo, and you get whatever the animal card gives you. Okay. And you spend cost. And the higher the level, the more animals you're allowed to play. But also, the higher the size of the enclosure, the more expensive the animal is, but the better. All right, so I see you have um, the leopard out there. So why don't you give an example of a player uh, or a card effect um, from an animal, so that something you're going to see from an animal. Well, so the leopard, it takes a three-space enclosure that's adjacent to at least one rock hex. It costs 20 um, money, you have to have the animal, you have to have partners, partnered with, um, Africa and it gives you an Africa and leopard icon. But what it also does is it gives you a hunter four ability, which allows you to reveal the top four cards of the deck and take an animal in there. Okay. So you get to pull a card out into your hand. Then of course you get some conservation points cause it's endangered and you get some popularity points for your zoo. Mm-hmm. So these animal cards have one-time effects. You don't get to use them again. So those sponsor cards, again, you can use multiple times. You may get um, work towards things on them going forward for final game scoring. But the leopard, you play it, you get to play Hunter 4 once, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the cards that you're um, playing out there and how you're going to do it in those powers. Let's talk real quickly about upgrading. We mentioned it before. Um, what what do upgrades do for your cards? Well, you flip them over. It becomes, I think it has a pinkish purple color. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it makes the ability better. So I flipped cards. And what it allows you to do is you draw from reputation range, which means 
whatever your influence is, you can take the cards there and below. And you get to snap earlier. You get to draw more cards. Mm -hmm. So it's just better in general. The building cards let you, instead of just building one enclosure, you can build multiple enclosures. Association, you can do some more. um, You can hit higher level association action. So everything's a little bit better. But the best you can ever do in the game is upgrading four out of these five cards, right? So there's different ways, but you can only ever upgrade a maximum of four cards. And so you as a player have to decide what's the best move for you. And depending on the game, that'll change what that action is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we mentioned break. What is break? Um, break is when you reach the end of the break track. Your The game takes a break. You gain money due to your popularity. You get... Um, you move the display a little bit so that there's different cards in the display. So it refreshes it so if there are cards nobody wants, you can get some new stuff out there. Yeah. And you discard some tokens. You, If you break, you gain a token, what kind uh, of token? an X token. It allows you oh, to increase your yes. level. So there, um, there are some additional pieces you can get from them. You replace everything on the board. So again, you're competing for things like sponsorships and universities, mm-hmm. but at the break, they come back. So if you weren't, if somebody, t- if Oscar takes the university I want, the next turn, I can come back and now after the break, I can go back and get that university. Yeah. Um, there are, so these are all some of the, the things that happen during the break. Again, it's that income phase. What's neat about how the break works in this is the players are controlling it to a degree. So um, you don't always want to break. Breaking can be bad for you or it, it's a strategic move of when you break because mm-hmm. one of the things that really matters to it is you have to put your or cut your hand size. Yeah. So as soon as you break, you have to go back down to a certain number of cards, which can mm-hmm. be um, problematic. Problematic. So, you know, you've got these different things. You're gathering cards in your hand and then suddenly maybe you have five cards in your hand and then you have to go down to three. Well, you wanted all five of those. Now you're in trouble. You have to figure out, make decisions as to what you want to discard. So this is a... Um, it, you know, as it, as I said, it's kind of a break, a little bit of resetting. You get some money and something that you're strategically working and managing as you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for complexity, I will say at first, this game is overwhelming. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on. You have your personal board. You have the um, shared board. You have just all this stuff and all these different cards. As you start playing, it does start to come together. It starts to make sense. Um, it's not as heavy as it looks when you sit down to play with it. And heavy, of course, is a board game term for how complicated it is. It's not as complicated as it seems as first, but it is definitely on the more complicated end. So mm-hmm. um, if this is something that sounds exciting to you, just be ready. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, um, you know, we, Go watch some videos on how to play. We like to do that when we're starting a game. Yeah. Um, it makes things easier. You know, easier. You get to see somebody else playing it. Um, it that can be helpful. So we encourage that. Um, one of the things that's definitely a complication to this game, and we've mentioned it, but I think it's really worth talking about, are that there are those two victory point tracks. Mm-hmm. So that conservation and the popularity, and you have to be working towards both. And why do you have to work towards both, Oscar? Because 
if you don't work on your conservation, it's going to stay so far back that you can never reach it with popularity. And you have to cross to make victory points. Mm-hmm. And same thing with um, if you don't you, do your popularity. Okay, so you mentioned cross. So what ends up happening, these two lines are opposing on the board. And so you're moving these along and your tokens keep getting closer and closer to each other. And then at some point they match and the game ends. Yeah. (laughs) So whoever gets there and ends the game, everybody else gets one more turn. Mm -hmm. So, But at the same time, you're in a good space. Whoever hits that first is most likely to win. So if you're just working on popularity... Your conservation tokens getting no closer, and so mm-hmm. that's why you have to work towards both of those. And so it's a balancing act, um, which ones you're working on at a time, because that popularity gets you more money, mm-hmm. but the conservation moves faster. Conservation moves faster, so you need to be able to move both of them. Um, and then after that happens, that's how scoring comes. You figure out the scoring um, based on who's or popularity is higher than their conservation. Mm -hmm. So everybody measures that out at the end of the game, and that's your win condition. What about family strife for this game? Well, it can be pretty high, depending on how it works, especially if, like, someone's behind and they have this big comeback action and it requires a card in the display, and they just kind of stank the card. I just messed up their entire strategy. Yep. So, you know, a, lo- a lot of this, everything out, the hand is the only private information. So there's a lot of public information out there. Mm-hmm. So if I know Oscar's working towards something because I can see it, or it's a con- shared conservation project, so I know that we're all working towards it, and he's in better shape than I am, I might snag a card even if I don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the break action is one of the areas that is definitely... A big... Yeah, you big. know... Because if I see that Oscar has a lot of cards in his hands. <laughs> then I, and then breaks, and I have to discard my 16, 13 of my 16 cards. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So I can be, or you know, we can be paying attention to those things and trying to break at inconvenient times for others. Obviously, I want it to be convenient for myself, but um, inconvenient for my, the other players. So that's where the strife comes. It's not that bad. Um, it's just something to be aware of, and it can be frustrating, but it's not. There now. What about other frustrations that come up in the game? Um, there, ca- there's a small number of cards that allow you to attack others. Mm-hmm. So you can you can steal money or cards. You can like make people have worse cards. Make people start slowly lose money. Yeah. And then uh, that those are absolutely parts of this. And then one of the frustrations that I find with the game is that I might get this great card that I think is going to get me all this great scoring in the game, maybe a sponsor that's going to let me do stuff as time goes on, or a super animal that's going to take a lot of um, things for me to be able to play, but it's going to be really helpful. And then I never can get any of the other cards. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some of the are this is a, there are a lot of cards in this deck, and so if you're playing a game and you know playing a lot of reptiles is helpful, and they're not coming up on the draft board and they're not coming up in your hand because all the other players are drawing them. If that was your strategy, you could be in a lot of trouble. So getting those to work together can be a little bit difficult mm-hmm. at times. 
All right, for number of players, again, we always play this game with three, um, but and it plays really well with that. You can go up to four for sure. What's the difference between playing with more or fewer players? More players, the break track moves a little faster. You probably will have a couple fewer turns yeah. in between breaks. Like playing with two will move a little bit slower, so you'll probably have a few more turns between breaks. Mm -hmm. Less competition for the things out there on the boards. Yeah. Um, but again, breaks moving a little faster with more players. Um, it can be played one player, but the thing I'd say the most is it's probably it, it's going to be longer the more players you have. Yeah. So this game is not short. Our games typically run between two and three hours with three players. Mm -hmm. You're definitely pushing the three plus number of hours with four players. Yeah. All right. Um, for storage and protection, it comes with a couple of really nice trays because as we've said a few times, there's a ton of little tokens. It does a nice job of measuring out those tokens. We've used baggies to store the rest of the cards. We have certainly sleeved every card because that's an important part of our gaming life. Mm -hmm. um, so we think that's important. Keep it in good shape. So we've sleeved everything. Um, but it's it's well done. It's one of the easier games to put away because it came with that nice tray for all the little or those nice trays for all the little things. And when we have it all out on the board, we can have the trays out instead of having piles of tokens everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. Overall review, Oscar. Should people play Ark Nova? Yes. You say that he, the thing that he has not mentioned is how many times have you won Ark Nova? Zero. <laughs> This is a game that Oscar has struggled to win at, which has um, probably decreased his popularity for him a little bit. But we really enjoy playing it, um, and we keep making Oscar play because he's going to get there someday. We're going to get him to win. The best thing I've made is seven points, though. <laughs> I know. But in the end, we're going to figure it out for you because we've had a lot of fun playing with this game, and we want to keep playing it, and we want to keep playing it with you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for our review of Arc Nova by Capstone Games. For more information on this game and all the other games we've reviewed, please visit our website, forwardwithfamilygames.com. That's B-O-A-R-D with familygames.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We please ask you to do that. And of course, always review our um, podcast. Help us grow. Tell your friends. We love playing board games and we want to keep on um, bringing the message of all these fun games so that you can play it with your family and friends. So, Oscar, what should we play today? Uh, let's play some Frost Haven. Okay, that is a game that has taken over our lives as we knew it would, um, but we will bring more to you about Frost Haven in the coming months. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your host, Oscar. Bye.